I'm so happy this evening to stand before you and say how the Lord is good. This is my family. I think Grace Point is my family other than my family in India. I thought it would be appropriate to say a few things about us before my husband come to share this evening with you. I know you have known our name. You know us, but you do not know, you know, about us <laughs> or <laughs> know of us. My name is Mariam, M-A-R-I-A-M. Not Marian, not Marian, not Miriam. But I have responded to all these names because I know you are calling me. So I have done that. This is a, um, a biblical name, Miriam, Moses' sister Miriam. And um, Indian name is Mariam, M-A-R-I-A-M, Mariam. If you have difficulty to say that name, call me anything. I'm, I know it's me. I, my heart is full of praises this evening. I cannot express all those things, what God has done, and God's faithfulness in my life, in my personal life, and in our family life. In our ministry life, God blessed us. So much blessings. I'm not worthy. I know I'm not worthy of that. But God is good and he is faithful. So I'm so happy to stand before you and share a few things. I cannot tell everything. I need to give my husband enough time to share with you. But we came to... America in 1969 he came from India to go to seminary for studies he finished his Bible college in India so he thought he needed some uh, more studies to meet the needs of India ministry ministry in India so he came here me I left behind with the three of our children I stayed behind because he was coming to study then come back to India. Then after a couple of years, he thought, you know, here this is the best place he can have some, acquire some knowledge and learn many things. So he decided to stay longer here to get more education and studies. So I came with our three children to Portland, Oregon in 1971. So we came there, and we was in the seminary, and he continued his studies. We were thinking and praying. Every, everything was um, related, his studies, everything, to the ministry in India. And here we have uh, thinking and dreaming of going back. You know our country, I came from India. India is a country, it's a hot or hotter. There is no cold weather there where we come from. 
And um, I came to Portland, Oregon. It was raining all the time. I remember asking some people in May month, I asked, I came in November, I asked somebody, do you have sun here? Because <laughs> I didn't see any sun in Oregon. It's rain every day, every day it's gray skies. So I had difficult time. And you are inside a house, you know. In India, your doors, windows, everything is open because the weather is beautiful. You don't want to close everything up and you need fresh air coming into the house. So I had difficult time adjusting. But God was so faithful uh, to keep me faithful to him. I'm so happy that we had Christian parents. My parents were teachers, school teachers, and always parents were. His dad was an evangelist. We are so grateful the way they taught us, not only teaching us living a life worthy to God and his love. They shared with us. They shared their faith in Christ with the community people, not only with community people, wherever they can help us. So I have learned things from my parents. I'm so grateful. It helped me in my future life. We have been attending this Grace Point Church from June 19, uh, 2005. That's the first time we came here. And we liked the people. We, were, we did some searching, uh, church, searching. We went to different churches around this area. Then we came here and we liked the church. I think we met Ruth York at the foyer and um, she took us to Loni's Sunday school class or something. And uh, that was our first introduction to Grace Community. We love you. It's a great family of people who love the Lord and follow the Lord. I told you our plans and thoughts. At the time, we will go back to India. Oh, he was done his schooling. If I am going to talk, I may take more time. I don't want to take it, so I'm going to read. Oh, he was he's done his schooling. We were, where we have much need of Christian ministry, we were going to go back. But God has his plans. Sometimes I remember telling the Lord, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yield and still. And I committed my life to the Lord. And I said, where you lead me, I would follow. Then I remember when we were thinking of going back to India, I, I like it because I know the culture, I know the language, I know the people. It would be much easier for me to go back to India. But, you know, the but changes everything. And... Uh, and God has a plan with our lives. And World Gospel Mission approached us and asked us, 
would you like to go to Kenya? The Kenyan, uh, uh, the, the, the Kenya Highlands Bible College at that time was looking for Indian family, Indian couple from India to teach at Kenya Highlands Bible College. So the principal from India told the principal of Kenya Highlands Bible College, we are here in, in the seminary. My husband was in the seminary, so they are about ready to come back to India. We do not have a place for them now. Would you like to have them go to Kenya Highlands Bible College? So they agreed each other, and the principal from Kenya Highlands Bible College came and visited us in America, where the seminary, she was sharing at the chapel, so met us in our home and talked to us. And um, we, you know, I didn't know this was from the Lord, really, because how can Lord call me? I came already, I have changed so many things. I had to change into your culture, your language, your everything to America. Now I'm going to go to Africa and do another language, another culture, another different, entirely different people. No, Lord, this is not you. I couldn't tell this is from the Lord. So we struggled. It took about three months for us to pray and get the comfort and peace in our heart to know this is God's call to us to go to Kenya, Africa. We had so many things we have to face. It's difficult for me to share and explain everything because of the time and the place here. So I'm going to cut short things and say we have many, many challenges. We had challenges everyone has every place, not even in your own home. But we have difficulties in the mission field. I remember first six years, we never had a car. We used a public transportation. I know in the history of a mission, World Gospel Mission, this is the first missionary from India. They are trying, taking a missionary, a couple from India, sending through America to Africa. It's something different. People didn't understand it. And many people on our deputation time asked us, don't you want to go back to India? We said, yes, we would love to go back to India. So it was not easy for us. We didn't have a home church. Can you imagine you have no home church and you are going to a mission field? I didn't have any family here. And there was no one here I knew. We were doing deputation. We were you know, travel, you heard it today, in 21 um, services, 42 birds, and, you know, we have done that 15 months, I think about that. We traveled and we slept with the different people, we, we have met so many people, but never made friendship, because we didn't have time. We, we, tonight we have one meeting, then in two days another place, so we traveled, so we never made friends with the people, but we had so many. Uh, prayer uh, partners and supporters. And when we went to Kenya, uh, eventually we built up a friendship. You know, we had so many wonderful friends and supporters for the last, uh, how many, 
40 years almost. And we, we, um, we do, I don't know how I can explain you don't understand or anything. I struggled in the mission field. I'm a mother sending children to boarding school. They were very young. It was very difficult for me. Even when I think about it now, it hurts me. I never get used to sending them to a boarding school. Anyway, we survived our kids and they made friends and they, they learned to go to boarding school and they enjoyed boarding school eventually and they all graduated from there. They came to America for their college education. They were under immigration rules and regulations. They could not get a loan. They have to pay more than a citizen here pay fees in college. So many struggles we have. And sometimes I know God has stretched my faith. I have so much faith in God. But my faith was stretched and stretched and stretched. I thought it's going to broke. You know, I thought I, I cannot do it. I cannot do it any longer. Several times I felt like giving up. But the Lord reminded me, you did not choose me. I have chosen you to go and bear fruit, fruit that lasting forever, everlasting fruit. So he kept on reminding me with his promises and telling me, you are not the one doing, I'm the one doing. Just trust and obey, trust and obey, trust and obey. God blessed us in many, many ways. The ministry we have done, we were working with Indian people, taught in Bible college. We were members of Gideons. We formed the Gideons. When we went there, we knew there was no Bibles in many churches and schools and hospitals. There was no Bibles for the kids. So we involved in the Gideons ministry and distributed thousands and thousands of Bibles in schools. And... Uh, you know, when I think about all the blessings we received through the ministry, my difficulties and everything, it's outweigh all these things, you know. I don't care. I struggled or not. The struggles were only a, a, a little while. It was not with me all the time. So I thank and praise my Lord for my struggles because my struggles and difficulties Help me to grow stronger in the Lord. I never said God is not good. God is good all the time. He is faithful all the time. He is able and more than able. God has blessed us with four children. They are all grown. They all live in different places. And they love the Lord and serve the Lord where they are. And it, we have nine grandchildren also. We thank for them. You know, our ministry is now is to pray for them. Every day before they hit the school, I prayed for them. Because you know where our kids are going and the, the world going. And they, they need our prayer. So grandparents, mothers, pray for our grandchildren or our children. Because... 
God can use them where they are, even though the world is like that. They have to be strong Christian children for witnessing others, to, you know, being a witness to others. And we thank God for our family. They are in the will of God. Sometimes we thought they would, they would you know, go back and they would say, we didn't have a good life in the mission field, so we have nothing to do with the mission and things, but they all are mission-minded children. And God blessed us. I cannot imagine the way he blessed us. You know, God is good. I wanted to say again this evening, and he is able, and he will do, and he will complete the work that he has called for you to do. And I'm so glad he used me in a, in a small way to be a witness to Africa, not only in Africa, in India also. We get to go to India these days, and we can minister there. We enjoy meeting with the people and sharing God's love to other people. Jesus is my friend. I like to introduce my friend to anybody. It doesn't matter. My friend is Jesus. I can share my friend Jesus to others. And I love to do that. Thank you. I want to express our thanks to the mission committee for giving us this opportunity to share with you this evening. My name is O.E. Joseph, so people call me different way, different places. Some places they call me Malimu Joseph. Some places they call me Uncle Joseph. And O.E. is the initial which stands for my family and my father. At some places they call me Oje Joseph. I said, don't call me Oje, you know. <laughs> Only O-E is the correct way of calling. So you make it simple that way. Uh, I wanted to share with you a uh, script, couple of scripture verses and to give uh, my thoughts and my experience I received from the mission field and also the insights I gained from my study and from my teaching experience in the mission field. Those two verses are uh, going to give you on the screen, and that theme which I have taken from those verses is the reason and the relevance of Christian missions of our day. Now, people have talked to me sometimes back that no more Mission is no more relevant in our day. That time has gone. Why? On what basis we are involved in Christian missions? The scripture in Acts, we read that by, from one man, God made the nations. He had a plan for humanity. He had a plan for the nations, and he had a plan for the place of these people, and he had also a purpose. Now, I include one more thing. He had a plan for 
a language also for these nations. And so that's why I'm speaking with my accent. I have my own language, but when I speak to another language, I speak with my accent. I hope you will follow this evening. God wanted to his people to find him, but it was not easy for people to find who is the living God. So God made a plan through Jesus Christ so that through him, the people will know who is the living God. Now, you might have heard about the name uh, David Livingston. Do you know who is he? David Livingston was the pioneer missionary to Africa. And he said, God had only one son. And that God made his son as a missionary. And he came, he sent him to this world. After his mission, he returned to, returned to heaven. And before he ascended, he told his disciples, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So we can say that the Christian mission originated in the heart of God and is rooted in the incarnation. God's heart expressed the mission. And through Jesus Christ we understand. And that mission he has given or entrusted in the hands of the church. And we read and we studied in the past that Saul and Barnabas was, um, uh, was called by the Holy Spirit to set apart for a missionary service. The church sends that need. They were called by God, but set apart by the church. We are living in a rapidly changing uh, world. Now, when the Protestant Reformation gave a special emphasis on Scripture, God's Word, Bible is God's Word, and it is the only basis for all faith and practice. But that is no more a belief, or no more it is an emphasis in some circles. As a result, we have a new understanding about missions. As a result, we have a new understanding about evangelism. And say so they say that, well, evangelism no more, or mission work is no more needed, because the all-loving God will consign even a Hitler or an Idiamin to send him to send them to the hell. The loving God will finally save all these people, and so you don't need to go and preach. And moreover, it is what we needed this day is not preaching about the sin, but what we have to teach is to that to liberation from the oppression and suppression of the people from the government and from other sources. Now, also it's the impression for some people that Christ is hidden in every religion. And so what we need is not a religious conversion, but we need a religious dialogue 
So we understand each other. And another emphasis in some churches or some circles is that uh, the religious Christianity is a religion. And so religion, whatever religion you belong, Christ is hidden there. But there is a difference between religion and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Religion is good view, but the gospel is good news. Religion is good advice, but gospel is glorious announcement. Religion ends in outer reformation, but gospel ends in inner transformation. Religion whitewashes, but gospel washes white. God wants all people to know that he has given us a task to fulfill while we are on this earth. And that task is to proclaim and pronounce God's saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are involved in missions because of many times we think that because of the Great Commission. But there are other reasons also involved in it. That is from the Bible we understand it. The first reason for involving Christian mission is of the character of God we live, we, we worship. The character of God we understand from the scripture. What is that character? We sing that our God is an awesome God. Our God is a holy God. And we sing there is no God like Jehovah. How many times we say there is no God like Jehovah? Maybe what, ten times? <laughs> I don't know. I try. I start counting the number, you know. I couldn't come up with that exact number. But do we know this God as Christians? Who is this God? His, what is his character? His character can be seen or his qualities can be seen in three ways. Theologians call these attributes, the attributes of God. One, the first one is the absolute attributes. That's only applied to God. Eternity, immutability, that belong to God only. Then they say, relative attributes. How he relates to the universe, how to relate to the creation. Omnipresence, omniscience, omnipotence, these are the related attributes. Then they divide, the last one is the moral attributes of God. Justice, kindness, mercy, love, holiness. Now these are the character of our God. And the moral character of God is expected from his creatures also. The glorious fullness of God's moral excellence held as the principle of his action and the standard for his moral creatures. So when we sing about God is holy, we also expect that we must be holy. Now this God is different from other God. In Hindu religious system, they have a name for their God called Brahman. That Brahman in Sanskrit, they say that Nirguna Brahman, that means a God without any passion or quality. Now our God is not like, he's a personal God. 
is a personal living spirit, almighty in power and strength, absolute in wisdom and knowledge, and perfect in love and holiness. That holy character, the loving character of a God we don't find in any other religion. So it is imperative that the church has to share who is this God and our responsibility to share the world. Our God is a living God. Our God is a holy God. There is no other religion they will find about a holy God. Not even in Islamic religion. Ninety-nine names given for Allah, but no one name speaks about the holy Allah. So that is why we are different. Our God is different. The character of God determines our mission. The second, second factor is that the condition of man. Man everywhere is the same. Without Christ, man's heart is evil. And evil actions come from man's heart. Evil nature leads him to evil heart and evil heart leads him to evil actions. That's why we hear all this evil action around us and beyond us. So the condition of man everywhere is the same, whether he is in Bombay or in Boston or in India or Indiana or in Nairobi or in New York, wherever man without Jesus, is, his heart is the same. And so who can change the heart? We know from our experience, from our knowledge, what God has taught us that Jesus Christ is the only one who can change the heart of man. Not the color, not the culture, but Christ makes the difference in people's life. The condition of man. So we need to present this Jesus who can change the heart of the people where the mission comes as uh, our uh, priority. The third factor of our involvement in mission is the commission of Christ. The commission of Christ, we understand that this was given to the apostles. Whether it is relevant today, do we have to take this message? And again, the commission is speaking about the making disciples. It used to be known as go was emphasized in our churches. Go as a missionary. Go as a worker. But the emphasis is on making disciples. Now again, if we draw some lessons from Indian background, this is more appealing to the Indian people to understand who is a disciple. A teacher is there and the student goes to the teacher's house and stay there and learn everything from the teacher. And then he became a reflection of the teacher. Now this is only can be done by being the presence of an individual who is carrying the gospel. And that's the reason we say that missionary presence is very much important. Modern technology can communicate, can send uh, literature, do many, many wonderful things, but until 
a person goes and lives among them and shows the way of life, it will not reach to the hearts of the individual. And so this is very important for the church to have a mission, missionary to be known, a missionary to send to these people. Now, again, people think that, you know, uh, what, what is needed in our day is not anything about this sinful nature and uh, um, salvation through Jesus Christ. What we need is more on a materialistic way. We need to have a revolution in our society. And the society salvation is more important. Salvation today must be reinterpreted to our knowledge. Not a pietistic, individualistic relation with the God, but rather it is a reformation, reconstruction, and even revolution in the society. But we don't believe in that. We believe that Jesus Christ can bring a revolution in our life. As a result, we can change the society. And so very important for Christian missions, even in our day. The commission of Christ. And then comes to the, come, uh, come, uh, the coming of our Lord. How does the coming of the Lord help us to understand Christian missions? Before he left this world, uh, during the time of ascension, the disciples were looking. Ah, then the angels said, Men of Galilee, the same Jesus who has taken from you, he will be coming back. It is a promise he made. He is coming back. Then later sometime, people doubted about that. For that, then Peter has to write. In Second Peter, we read that, as you think, he is, they say, where is his promise? He has not come yet. And Peter saying that there is a reason for that, he, for the delay. Why? Many will Hear and repent and know the way of salvation. That is the reason. Then he said that, yes, you have a prospect. I am coming back. There are rooms in my father's house. And I will come and take you there. But the question is, what is, this is all good. This is from the scripture. What's our role then as a mission, as a mission church or as a missionary? What is our role? Romans speaks about that. In Romans we read about the, the scripture which speaks that um, who can, how can they hear? How can they hear if someone is not going to tell them? And how can they send? How can they go unless somebody is being sent? There was a sending body, and the one who is going also, both are involved in this work. Those who stay behind and pray and, say, and give the blessing and supporting, they are also equally part of the mission enterprise. And our duty is that, as a Christ body, to send and support and pray 
and that God's kingdom will be established. A story about the three merchants walking in a desert one moonless night. They came to a creek bird and they heard a voice saying, stoop down, collect some stones and put it in your bags. Continue your journey. But you should not open your bag on the way until you see the morning star. Then you can open your bags and look into your bags. Then you will be glad and also you will be sad. They could not understand this voice. It puzzled, it was a puzzle to them. But they obeyed the voice and continued. When they saw the morning star, they were so happy. And they said, now we can open our bags. And they looked into their bags and so found out that they were so happy. They found out that the stones became precious stones. They were so happy about that. They were so glad. But they were also so sad. Said, we are foolish people. We are foolish people. We should have picked more stones in our bags. Maybe this will be a feeling when we step on the heaven's door. How much more I could have done. Are we bringing precious stones to present Jesus Christ when we meet him? May God help us. Thank you.